Welcome to the Making Moves with Mal podcast. In every episode, you'll hear stories from individuals just like you that are trying to make an impact. They'll share their unique journey and some helpful tips that got them to where they are now. You'll hear conversations with people from all walks of life who are trying to make some moves. Now, here's your host, Mal. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Making Moves with Mal. Today, I'm excited. I have my guest here, Sidlali, and she's going to share a little bit about her uh, her business, uh, Sidlali Creative Consulting. Now, her business is a marketing-based business uh, focusing in the nonprofit space. Uh, I'm excited to kind of hear her story, hear her background, and, and share some few insights in in her industry. So thank you, Sidlali, for taking the time today to, to join us on this episode. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I, I always want to start, I, you know, I like to start every episode with kind of figuring out kind of what got you to where you are and how you started even thinking about this as an idea. Because I know you mentioned that your business started uh, pretty recently, right? Uh, 2021. Yep. So how did that come about? Yeah. So um, the first sort of like entrepreneurship project that I took on was uh, at the end of my time at the School of Art Institute of Chicago. And I was really interested in teaching kids. I was in education for a long time, teaching young kids who didn't have access to art education, art making skills. Um, And so we started, I started doing organizing pop-ups over the summer with local churches and nonprofit organizations. From there, after I graduated, I started working for a uh, workers organizing campaign. It was um, the campaign that was organizing uh, low-wage workers to demand higher wages, living wages. And so I started um, working a lot in building people power. And after many years of doing that, which was was strenuous work, um, mm-hmm. you know, this was at the beginning of, of, of mobilization. Um, you know, it's it's been happening for a long time, but this was sort of the re- uh, introduction of this idea to the masses um, of like living wages for low wage workers, right? Uh, you know, specifically working in service. And so, after that, I sort of started trying to figure out, well, what is it that I want to do? Because I, I was just dipping my toes in a lot of things, um, and I started working for a private uh, group of entrepreneurs who owned a bunch of different businesses, and I was working on a lot of different creative projects for them. And it was anything from designing like a museum concept, um, interactive museum concept to helping a resident cup singer revamp his career. Um, so we did like a YouTube show for him. And so I was overseeing all these projects. I was the main point person between the investors who were my bosses and then all the people that we were hiring to do these creative projects. And so that's sort of where I started with my business was that I wanted to do more of that. Um, and I wanted to do that more in nonprofit work because my work has always been rooted in creative collaborations with BIPOC people, with artists, with creatives. You know, I'm, I'm a fine artist. That's what I went to school for was fine art. That's sort of where it started with my business is how do I take all the things that I've experienced and I'm interested in and combine it into something that I own? Oh, wow. What's, that's a very cool kind of you know, <laughs> path that you've taken. Yeah. So how long did it take you to make that transition from like working, you know, in the environment that you were, kind of getting getting all your experience to then deciding, okay, I think I want to start something on my own, branch out, you know, do my own thing. How did that how did that process come about? It's it's 
Then I think there was a period of time too where I actually owned a photo booth company. So this was in between when I left the organizing campaign and then started working for the entrepreneurs. There was like this point where I, um, in this time period, I was always looking for mentors. So mm-hmm. I went on Craigslist and I was specifically looking for an entrepreneur that I could learn from directly. And so I met my friend Donald, who um, is now my friend, but I met him through Craigslist and he was hiring for his photo booth company, just someone to like run the photo booths at events. And yeah. so after, I don't know how long I worked, less than a year, I would say maybe a year, I worked for him. He was mentioning that he was going to sell his business. He just wasn't, you know, he's just wanted to move on and do something else. He had other businesses running. So I bought it from him. And oh, wow. I, you know, it was an already profitable business. So I was running that for, I would say, also a year. And then I sold it. Um, and I made like very cool percent return on investment. So for me, like I've always been doing different things. Um, and so the art pop-ups I did, that was completely funded by me. There was no, I wasn't making any money, but I would say that was my first sort of like entrepreneur gig. And then the photo booth is like, okay, like now I'm going to make money off of things that I invest in. And then now this, this phase is sort of meshing all those things together. So I would say I've probably started this whole journey since I graduated school, which was like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've kind of been experiencing a lot since, right? Wow. Yeah. It's been a lot of different experiences and then like taking out of it what resonates the most and holding on to that and getting rid of stuff that doesn't. It's hard for me because I think that I'm good at different things, but I don't have to do all of them. You know, and that's one thing I've learned the most. Like, I don't have to do all the things I'm good at. I just have to pick the ones that I like to do. That's, that makes perfect sense, yeah. Now, a little bit about your business here. Can you tell us about maybe how many employees you have? What is kind of like the day-to-day look like? Maybe some of the services that you offer? What does that all kind of entail? Yeah, so uh, it's me, myself, but I do a lot of work with contractors. So it's other artists and creatives um, that I work with. And essentially... I filter in jobs and then from there I build a team based off of my my team of freelancers and together we tackle the projects depending on how big it is. Sometimes it's one other person, you know, if it's like a branding project or um, you know, it's a group of people if it's a large scale mural. Yeah, so no employees. I don't think that I ever really want to have employees. I think what I would like is that people hire me for my experience and then they ask me to build a team. And then I, I have those people on deck ready to go who like. Oh, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. so so the, the model is you bring out of the overall umbrella of everything once you get hired onto the project. So it's very project specific then I assume, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I cool. enjoy working on one time projects, like building things from the bottom up. That's what I've done when I was an organizer. My role was special projects director, which specifically every three months I was given a new project and I had to build it from the bottom up. And then when I worked with the entrepreneurs, I w- it was always a new project. Like, okay, here is the, the project and we need you to build the team. We need you to build the budget and all that. So I, I that's what I enjoy doing. And I assume there's a lot of moving parts with all that, right? Now, how long are those typical projects? Like the, the contracts that you bring on, like do they have like a set schedule, set timelines on, on when these things need to happen or... They change um, depending on what it is. Like I said, like a branding project might take a few weeks to a few months. Um, a mural project might take a couple weeks 
you know, depending, I think that's the longest time your project took was like maybe a couple of weeks. I strive for making things happen on like a quicker basis. And that's why I have a group of freelancers. So it's not just one person or two people trying to tackle everything. So th- I assume then through your experience and through your, you know, your journey in this, you've already built up your, your, I would call it like your book of, of, of referrals and partners that you can count on for projects, right? Like you have like specific people depending on the scope of the project. Yeah, as far as the freelancers, yeah. And yeah. then as far as clients, it's something I'm still building. But there are people that I've already built relationships in the past. And there's people who I have relationships with, but maybe they don't know exactly how I could help them. And so that's something I'm learning as I build this business because it's really based a lot on me and who I am and my capacity mm-hmm. um, versus you know a product that I sell. So sometimes it takes a lot of sort of like, self-development and so i can't sell something unless i really know (laughs) what it is and what it does for people and when that thing that i'm selling is like inside me how you know it's it's right i'm this like between business and like i'm also a reiki practitioner which that's a whole other thing but i come from this world of like energy healing spirituality and that's not necessarily something that I push through my business. It is a part of me and that's what helps me sort of create a sustainable business practice. And that's what I'm most interested in is not necessarily making like all the money, but building something that's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, I'm I'm curious to know, like, what's the um, the process for a, a new client? Let's say there's a, a nonprofit or an organization that wants to work with you. How does that process come about? Is there like discovery uh, kind of element to like what they're looking for, how you can fit your piece of the puzzle to their picture like what is that can you paint paint that picture for me so usually someone reaches out to me and i like to set up you know at least a half hour call where i can ask them all the questions eventually i want to do something where it's more of like a questionnaire that they fill out maybe might be more comfortable with that streamlined yeah 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 i i I would like to make things a lot more fluid a call usually um, and then from there, I follow up with the proposal. So the proposal outlines the details of the project, what I'm proposing, how to tackle this project with a timeline budget. And then from there, it's a contract, 50% deposit, and then we get started. You know, once you guys come to an agreement on the terms for the project or whatever, and you get to, you get your deposit, then you start building the team if it requires other freelancers, or then you just get started on, on what you need to do on your end, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a, like a memorable project that you've been a part of that you've been like, wow, this is something I'm I'm very proud of to be able to help put together? I'm assuming with, you know, focusing on the non-for-profit space, I'm sure that's, that's a big kind of pillar there, right? Yeah, I would say our murals are our most sought out service that we offer. We've done a lot of beautiful large-scale murals on urban farms, which wow. for us is really fun to do because we get to make money to paint which we love to paint wow. um, and we're in this like beautiful setting and we get to meet the community members and we get to talk to them we've painted vehicles and uh so i would say murals is our biggest thing that we we like to do and we focus on um i've done you know fun stuff for uh for example sugar factory we've done um like for example uh did some photography for 50 cent um, so that was probably like throw names out there, <laughs> but, but yeah, so th- those are, I would say, I know I'm, I'm sure there's other ones. Uh, I've done like branding, like logos for, for nonprofits and small businesses. And that's really fun because it's being able to take what's in their mind of how they see their organization or their business 
and put it into like a physical, like visual form. And yeah. it's really great to deliver that and have people appreciate that work. And it's something that's like long lasting that they're going to use all over their social media, their websites, you know. Right. It's creating all, their, their new identity yeah. forward. Yeah. Oh, it's a big part of, of what the company is, you know, from from them moving forward, which is pretty cool. Do you only focus in uh, like local businesses, like lo- local uh, non for profits, or are you kind of nationwide as well? Like so far, it's everything has been pretty local. I'm right now located at Streamwood, but I lived in Chicago for many years. So I'm going to be moving back in, but pretty much the Chicagoland area. Uh, even in the suburbs, I really don't think I've done anything out here. Um, it's all been like my context in Chicago is where I work many years. So cool. Is the plan ever to like maybe expand and do more like nationwide or maybe like a bigger corporation or, or non for profit in like a company or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to. That would be something that I would look to plan for. And I've thought about it. Uh, and I have people who I worked with who live in, you know, like other places like California, for example. So I've thought of how do we, how do we expand this model to the different networks I have outside of the Chicago land area. But yeah, I think more importantly, I have to just focus on what is it that I do the best and focus on that. And that's what I want to do going into the new year. Nice. Okay. I have uh, a little bit of a challenging question, I guess. What industries or what other maybe businesses do you see as like a direct competition with what you're doing? Like how do how do you set yourself apart from them? I would say other creative artists, creatives who are building like a one person team mm-hmm. that's that helps other nonprofits. I'm actually thinking specifically. I have a friend. She's been doing her work for many years. Um, and she's very successful at it and this is what she does full time she has you know her old clients and she's sometimes overwhelmed with work so she'll ask me to help and so we have we are very similar what we offer um but also there's ways that it's very different and then it's also like the styles are very different so for example what i want to focus on is that i come from specifically a fine art world that's what I went to school for. And so the fine art world and the design world and you know, creative production are very different. And so I like to sort of be in that middle ground of like where these two worlds meet. And I think that that's what I want to focus on as my differentiation. Obviously, it has to be effective. Whatever the creative project is that we do, it has to have results. But how do we push like the boundaries where like, art and design meet? And that's, I think, what I want to focus on more. And it's, it would be different than, you know, for example, my friend and our styles are very different. Like my art style is very, you know, futuristic, spacey, like weird. Mm-hmm. And hers is beautiful, elegant, you know, it's more design focused. So it's interesting. But like what is most interesting to me is that we still collaborate and there's not this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I guess it also would be a big thing of like, getting to know the brand or the company that you're trying to work with to see if it even like if the styles even make sense right like yeah because because like you mentioned every every artist every creative has their own unique sense of creativity and style right and it may not be what a company is looking for but you may have other options out there so that's kind of neat yeah and my experiences are that for example the last entrepreneurs that i worked for for example we thought about the world very differently and for example like they don't care about like political correctness. <laughs> and like, 
I'm about like uplifting and supporting the cultural legacies of BIPOC people. And like the our our goals are different. Like they're about all money all day, no matter what. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know. And so the valleys don't we're not the best right match. And we did work together. And I think that was the what was one of the things that spurred me to take on my own business because I wanted to be able to make decisions on like, you know, yes, no, yes, no, based off my values. So very cool. Um, so let's talk real quick about maybe some of the obstacles that you've uh, had to overcome uh, as you've gone through this entrepreneurial journey and, and kind of building out this business on your own. Like, so what's what's been some of like the struggles that you've had to face? Yeah, uh, you know, mentioning before that this is you know one person t- one person team businesses are very difficult for many reasons. And like I mentioned, my friend, that's what she's doing. She's been doing it for many years and. She's developed ways to uh, not let that sort of bog her down as she builds. And so that's something I'm still developing. Like, what are sort of the hacks or the tools or the support systems that I can tap into when it does get difficult, when you're working at it alone? I think that also when we're talking about working with freelancers, 80% of the people I worked with have been great. And then there's a 20% where we we just don't work the same. It doesn't mean anything negative about them it just means that it just doesn't work this way right or, just doesn't align yeah but that sucks is i hate that i don't i don't want to be like you know yeah i would say those and then i think the biggest thing is anyone's going to say this when you're working a service-based business or any business really it's the cl- clients when you have a client when you feel like you've you've tried everything to be you know available or transparent or communicative and for whatever reason if there's a clash mm-hmm. and I'm just used to taking that to heart because yeah people pre- pleasing problem and that's something I'm I'm learning through this business and so w- whether it's clients or freelancers the the people pleasing has to be eliminated because it's not about that it's just are we going to be effective or not yeah. So. And and it's so difficult to find that fine line, especially as a small business owner, right? Because when you think of like your business, I'm sure you think of it the same way because I own my, you know, my real estate brokerage and, you know, I think of it as like my baby, right? So like if, if, if I'm not providing somebody with the best service, I take it as a, as a personal attack. Like what am I doing wrong or how can I improve this? Um, and it's very difficult to kind of find that fine line sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you made on that. Yeah. All you can do is learn from your previous experience, apply it to the next. Literally, it's all you can do. And Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. You know, on the note of being, you know, a, a solopreneur, right? Like a, an entrepreneur on, on your own. You wear many hats, just like every other business, right? Like you have to bring in revenue. You have to bring in new clients. You have to market. You have to brand. Like there's so many things that, you know, you as an individual have to do in order to create a sustainable business. And sometimes it's hard to realize how much impact that actually makes into your business when it's only you that can really make those decisions. No, I agree. Yeah. It's, you know, there's only 100% of you. And if you're doing 20% of you into the marketing and 20% of you into sales and 20%, that means that none of these are getting 100%. And so you can't have 100% expectations for each vessel that you're putting yourself in because it's just mathematically impossible. Right. Yeah. We're so limited. <laughs> yeah. I was going to mention that I read a couple books recently that really helped me with building my business and they're not even business related, but one of them's uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which I know- Oh, a great book. Heard. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one's What Happened to You by Oprah and Dr. Bruce Perry. 
So it just talks about, it's interesting because they both talk about this, the same thing, but from two sides of the coin. And so the other book is just really talks about like how your life experiences affect the way, you know, that you navigate the world, your understanding of the world and how it reflects back to you. And it actually really helped me with the whole client thing. You know, when, when I have a client, they talk about the idea of like, being dysregulated. We've all experienced someone who's, you know, we're on the road and someone cuts us off and they're flicking us off. Like that person's dysregulated. There's something that's got them all like, you know. And so when you find a client that's dysregulated, you're like, I sent a nice email. Like I followed up. I gave him a discount. I did all the things. Like I don't know what. And they're still coming at me. There's something about them that's dysregulated and like it's nothing to do with you. And that's right. You know, and it really helped me not like take it on. Like what else could I do? Right. And again, like I mentioned, that's such a hard thing to kind of put into perspective as a small business owner because, you know, you count on every every interaction with the client to be the best interaction, right? Because you're putting your reputation on the line, you're putting your business on the line, yeah. your branding. And then at the end of the day, that's a reflection on you and it's a reflection on the referrals that you may get from this client or the, or the doors that that opportunity could open, right? So you always want to give it your all. You know, life life is that way, right? You can't please everyone. Not every opportunity is going to work out, but that's okay. Uh, on that topic, right? So, you know, if somebody's wanting to get into like the, the, the marketing and consulting space from a creative side, what are some of the things that have helped you get to that, get to this point? Like what's some advice that you can give to to somebody that wants to kind of maybe follow in that footstep and, and follow that same path that you're kind of leading now? I would honestly say, and this is not something I did and I'm trying to do more, is you really have to do a lot of writing. I think you just have to write a lot. You know, you just have to write all your ideas down, whether it be in a list form, on a Google Doc, or in a notebook, or on Post-its, or whatever is the way that you get out what's in your head. Get it out. You know, and then share it with someone. Sh- share what what you learned doing that process, and then reflect on it. Let it sit. Do something similar to that. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, but I I do see a lot of people saying writing is really important, and like know, some I, creative brainstorming. Yeah, and I yeah. I'm always ignoring that. Like, I want to. <laughs> I just want to do. Like, I'm just I, I'm a doo. I just want to do it. Like, what, what am I writing for? I want to just do it. But like, you really I think have to take time to to write it out, talk it out, reflect it out, whatever's in your mind, because you have a lot of ideas. You've got to put it somewhere. Because if you just go out and shoot at all the ideas, you're just going to have like a big mess and then you have to sit through it. It's just more work. So right. put it out, talk it out, reflect it out, and and then act on it. And then reflect again and write it. You know, it's just a process, I think, because it's something that I didn't do. And so the first year that I did my business, I did so many different things and they were great and they were fun. But I think that it caused a lot of issues. I don't think that it would have happened if I would have spent more time being like, okay, what is it that you really want to do? Not Mm -hmm. what do you have experience with and you think you could pull off? (laughs) Like, what do you actually want to do? Yeah, that would be my part. I like that. Yeah, that's this happens to me a lot, you know, as a, as a business owner. Like you mentioned, you have all these ideas of how you want to improve your business or, or processes that you want to implement. But if you don't write it, if you're just thinking about them, if you're not putting things down, you know, sometimes they, you know, they slip your mind, you forget them, or you're not really taking any action on anything of that. And you're not really moving the needle forward. So I can see how, how helpful that would actually be. And I think talking to people too is important. Like talking to people who've been in your corner throughout the time that you done all the things that you've done in your life that can say like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Or like, well, are you sure? You know? Bringing you back down. Yeah, Bringing you back yeah. down to earth, right? 
Yeah. Now on on that, have you do you have like any mentors? Do you have somebody that you know you look up to or or look for uh, in in these kind of creative brainstorming processes that you go through? Yeah, I I have people who are just like me, who are small business owners, freelancers, artists, creatives, you know, entrepreneurs who who are similar to me. We're friends, you know, we have similar experiences, we're we're doing similar things. And then I have people who I've known because I worked for them or my friend who I bought the photo booth business off of, we're still cool. Like people who have made millions of dollars. Like I have friends slash like on like mentors, whatever you want to call them, that have made millions of dollars. So I have both worlds, which is amazing, you know, and love talking to both, you know, and usually my friends who have made millions, they're very like money focused business, you know, that's how they've done it. And then I have my friends who are like me, who are like artsy and want to, you know, go smell flowers once in a while. <laughs> like, yeah, like, And then they bring me to the other side. And that's what I think that my business is. It's those two sides, like merging. Like you can have, you know, the money, ruthless business bitch. <laughs> and, sorry, I don't know if I could. No, you're fine. Yeah. You can have that, but you could also go and like smell a flower and like pet some goats or whatever. Right? You can have both. You don't have to pick. And so I think that's what my like not, not losing sight of the of the passion uh, and why you got into it in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's that's always so so important. I think they say you know having a, a really meaningful reason why you're doing it is what's going to get you through those tough moments or those difficult times where you. You may think that there's no progress and things like that. So that's awesome. Uh, where do you see like your business going in the next, you know, three to five years? Like what's your kind of long-term trajectory for this? I mean, I would want to be sustaining right now. It's still in the phase of some months I'm making good amount of money, some months I'm making nothing. So I want it to be sustaining slash I want to have like a real beautiful portfolio to show of X, Y, and Z. But, you know, I actually do have that and I'm learning that I have to just like, again, I'm someone that just likes to do things. And I like and I think that's why I'm good at being sort of this like project manager, like starting something, finishing it and moving on. But then I forget all the things that I've done. So I want to make sure that I have that somewhere, you know, on my website that shows all the things. Yeah, I don't know. I I want to be able to provide good paying jobs, gigs for other creators, freelancers. I want to support others that think like me, yeah. build their own thing, you know, compete with me. You know, I mean, raise yourself up. Raise this yourself is up. a lot of the two worlds like clash. Like, I'm like, compete with me, but like, two worlds, you know, so for, <laughs> I, want, I want other people like me to not think that like, I don't want to be a gatekeeper. Let's see. Right, right. Okay. I love that. That's great. Um, Cool. Well, I think that was kind of all the questions that I had for you. So I really enjoyed this interview. I guess the last thing for you would be kind of Give us an, uh, a place where somebody that's maybe interested in learning more about your business, your services, what you offer, where can they find you? What's the best place to kind of reach out to you? You know, I'm active on my Instagram, Facebook. It's Siklali. And so Siklali is Z-I-T-L-A-L-I. And it's dot creative with no E on my Instagram. My website, I update it all the time. I'm always keeping it updated. So that's Siklali.com. I would say those are the best place. Perfect. And, and are you taking on any new clients at the moment as well? Yeah. Cool. Look at the new clients. <laughs> awesome. Well, like I said, this was a this was a very insightful uh, interview. I, I I really enjoyed kind of learning more about your space and, and what you do. I wish you nothing but the best and, and great success in your future. And thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya.